0: You are listening to Local Voices, a community podcast produced by the Echo newspaper which takes a deep dive into the news that matters the most to you. I'm your host, Hayden Moore. What you are listening to is a clip from episode 24 of the Local Voices podcast, titled Are You Winter Ready? To hear the full thing, visit echo.ie forward slash podcasts or type in Local Voices into whatever platform you listen to your podcasts on. Dr. Kira Martin is both the paediatric clinical director for Children's Health Ireland and Tally University Hospital and is also the children's emergency department consultant there as well. Thanks very much for joining me, Kira.
1: It's my pleasure.
0: It's great to have a chat with you about this. I know we're obviously, we're coming into the winter months and the, the kids are back in school. Uh, what would you say would be the, the most common complaints among children over the, over the winter months?
1: I think this winter we're all waiting to watch and see what's going to happen but we know every other winter and I'm a consultant for a long time and a doctor for for even longer since 1990 is when I qualified so every winter we see children with viruses and I know that's, that's not going to be a surprise to any of your listeners so you know it's a time of year when we all get respiratory viruses so particularly in younger children they get those heavy colds and runny noses and fevers and Children are just off, so they're off their, their feeds, they're just not in good form, and then it tends to pass after a couple of days, and the majority of those are caused by different viruses. So we tend to see those start around now, around kind of coming into October time, and it lasts till somewhere around February, March. So that that would be most of what we see. We'd also see winter vomiting, which is another common one. So those tummy bugs that kind of run through families or through classrooms in school where children would get a lot of vomiting and sometimes diarrhea with it for a couple of days as well. And again, they tend to pass and most of those are caused by viruses as well. Um, mm. it, yeah.
0: I suppose then to a degree, then uh, would you say that it's almost unavoidable <laughs> that kids will be picking things up over the winter?
1: completely on yeah it is i mean once you have children who mix with each other and adults who mix with children and we we know all too well over over the last number of months how viruses spread but you know particularly in school ages you know it's just it's very difficult to avoid these and part of it is just part of normal childhood we see it in children particularly who've started in creches and any any of the parents out there who, who have are going back to work or have their child in a creche know that gosh the child's only in creche a week and next thing they have a virus and they're back out again so it's it's it is difficult but it it is part of growing up and and some of it is part of developing immunity for life and you know if you pick up viruses when you're at crèche and you get through them and you're okay it means when you meet the same virus often at school you're fine you have immunity to it
0: God, yeah, I was that kid that was always sick. <laughs> like in school, I was always <laughs> sick. But I suppose that's kind of like the stuff that made me sick when I was a kid. Would probably that does stand to you later on in life, does it?
1: It does. Now some viruses you don't build up a lifelong immunity to, and other viruses you do. Right you know, and then there are some more dangerous viruses that we have vaccines for. So things like whooping cough and um, measles, and they're all viruses as well. So if children are vaccinated, you get protection from those as well.
0: Can you tell me a little bit about what um, RSV, is that what it's called, is and and just what it is really?
1: RSV, it stands for respiratory syncytial virus. So it's a big, long Word for a, a virus that hits your respiratory tract so if you think of the kind of lining of your nose and throat and into your lungs it's all the same kind of cells and linings so when you get RSV you, you the lining of your respiratory tract gets very inflamed and produces a lot of secretions so you see it in a very runny nose you know eyes are streaming but also inside in the lungs you have increased secretions And for, you know, an an older child or a toddler, it just means they they cough a lot. It lasts for about 10 days and then they get better. But a smaller baby will have smaller airways and kind of smaller lungs. So that level of secretion can just be a little harder for them to clear away. So we would see it commonly at this time of year we get uh, RSV or respiratory syncytial virus. And it's, it's about a two week illness with some coughing that goes on longer than that. We tend to see it gets worse over the first five days. So each day your child is just a little sicker than they were the day before. And then once you get to about the fourth or fifth day, that's often the day people come into us or come into us in the emergency department or come in to their GP, because you feel like your child is just not getting better. And that's true. They stay where they are then for about another three or four days, and then they slowly get better after that. So it's about a two-week illness, but can be very worrying for parents, you know, because the child isn't sleeping well, not feeding well, and really looks miserable as well.
0: Absolutely, it can be. It can be a very worrying thing, and especially mm. coming into like with everything going on right now. Have you have you found that people are probably that little bit more hesitant about visiting the emergency department and hospital?
1: it's really hard time and you know my own children are grown up but it's a really hard time for parents with young children and babies because you've got two lots of worries not only are you worried about your child and the the virus that you have or are they do they need oxygen or fluids but now you're also worried that if you come into hospital are you putting yourself or your child at risk because you're coming into a hospital but one of the things I'd like to say is that hospitals have been shown to be quite safe for children. Emergency departments, you know, we're working really well to make sure that anybody, you know, we think has COVID, for example, is is moved as quickly as we can to, to a room and managed separately from other children. And we know as well that actually, though children cough a lot and, you, you know, have runny noses, that they don't seem to spread COVID as much as they do other viruses. So, That would be reassuring, so we're really saying, look, our emergency departments here in Dublin, in Talla, in Crumlin, in Temple Street and our urgent care centre are safe places to go if you're worried about your child. So never let it put off any parent from coming to to talk to one of us or come in to see us if you're worried.
0: When would you say, like managing all this stuff going on and like managing their if they do have RSV or they have something else, when would you say it would be the right time to, to bring your child to the emergency department?
1: That's, you know, there's no easy, there isn't really an easy answer for that. I mean, yeah. the sensible answer is just have a look, maybe give a little bit of uh, paracetamol or calpol or whatever paracetamol you have and see does your child improve generally if your child improves and they're able to drink and if it's a small baby they're wetting their nappies and usually our cut off would be look if your child is drinking at least half of what they normally do so if you have a bottle who if you have a child who takes you know an eight ounce bottle and they're taking four ounces, they're going to be okay. They won't get dehydrated on half a bottle for a few days. And if they're wetting their nappies, it mightn't be as wet as usual, but if they're wetting their nappies fairly regularly, they're doing okay. But if you have a child who's not really, who seems to be just too tired for the bottle, they're hungry, but they get tired and stop drinking, and you haven't seen a wet nappy for kind of six hours or more, Um, and they mightn't have tears when they're crying those children often need a little bit of help from us in a hospital and generally all we do is we we just provide help for the symptoms so if a child is dehydrated we give them some fluid either with a little tube into the tummy or with a drip uh, you know into a vein or if we feel that they're working hard with their breathing and some oxygen would help we give them some oxygen we've no cure for viruses so it's really what we call supportive care but sometimes that's what a baby needs for for a day or two and then they fight the virus themselves and get home so generally the cutoff for me is the feeding and how your child's form is if you've given them some calpol and they're kind of back to themselves and they take some food for you I I think you can watch them But if you're worried and that's not happening, then you should should chat to your GP or out of hours doctor or if you want to come into one of our emergency units, that's no problem.
0: Are there steps that can be taken in the day to day so that your child doesn't doesn't get sick and that doesn't have to get to the point where they're sick enough to go to the emergency department just so that that whole thing can be avoided?
1: I think we that'll be interesting for us this winter won't it because yeah. you know certainly last winter I was talking to to uh, um mom and there were there were a couple of stories around f- for people whose babies were getting sick and there was a little bit of a there there were people saying look don't kiss babies you know, it's it's we all want to hug and hold and kiss yeah. them, but you know, at at christenings or at parties or around Christmas time, if you're visiting people with 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 young children or babies, and you've a head cold yourself, just be careful. And I think we're all learning that now, probably a harder way than we ever thought we would. Keeping your hands clean, you know, using tissues, throwing out the tissues, washing your hands after you use them. They're really they're really important for keeping your children safe. And then ultimately, you can't prevent it completely because once children are mixing or, you know, at school or at creche, it's it's really hard to stop it.
0: Yeah, and that actually—that is—that something that I wanted to Just you—you you mentioned there, but you just want to hug the baby or give it a kiss at christening or whatever. Mm. Is there actually a danger there, where, where just this just slightly, slightly separate to what we're talking about? I suppose where, when a baby is born, in terms of like other people holding your child or anything like that, is there actually a, a genuine danger there?
1: Well, I mean, first is, firstly, we'd always say if, if at all possible, and a baby has is breastfed, that gives them some immunity. Certainly, if you have if you have a head cold or you're brewing a flu, and you hug or kiss a baby, and you transmit the flu to that baby, that baby won't have the immunity they need. So you know you are well. You're getting. I don't really want to be very dramatic and say you are no, putting course. the baby at risk, but you are putting the baby at risk of an infection, and that can be difficult. So certainly, I would say for any babies under eight weeks. I would be inclined to not to kind of go near them unless, you know, unless it was a, a close relative and the parents are very happy. Yeah. And generally, I'd say, look, if the parents are happy, that's fine. But if, if you have a mom or, or dad who's saying, you know, I'd, I'd rather you, di- you didn't pick up the baby yet, I think up to about eight weeks till the, till they get some of their vaccines and their immunity, I think that's probably sensible enough.
0: Look, it is, a, it is a very tricky time, as as we've ever been speaking about. And but, but would you be urging parents to, to get their children the influenza vaccine, especially with everything going on with COVID-19, just so that you can distinguish for, if people are going to the emergency department, you can, so that it's easier to distinguish between COVID and something like a like a flu or, or a cold?
1: Yeah, do you know, it's really hard to distinguish between COVID, a flu and a cold. And that's one of the really hard pieces with COVID at the moment. But, you know, flu... Uh, aside from covid we've no vaccine for that but flu is horrible you know flu makes your child miserable i mean you i don't know if you've had flu yourself but it it's a virus that affects your whole body you've a headache you're Your muscles ache, you're you're not in the mood for eating or drinking, your temperature is up, you just feel exhausted and it lasts, you know, a good 10 days or so and it's a miserable illness. And if there's a vaccine out there, which there is, and it's safe, which it is, I would absolutely recommend that children have a flu vaccine. I think children are going to be out of school with coughs and colds and COVID testing and being contacts of other children as it is. So anything we can do to prevent some illnesses and keep and keep children in school and healthy we should do
0: yeah it is it is a big challenge I suppose isn't it this winter like this winter is like it's really kind of unprecedented I know we've heard that word so many times it's becoming a cliche but like you really don't really know like how things are going to be over the next few months
1: you know we don't we don't and you know we planned a lot at the beginning of the summer and I don't know we had, yeah, I know you're local, but we had closed our emergency unit here in Tala for children because we, you know, our staff went to help the adults and we, we moved some of our, our, our inpatient wards, became adult wards. But, you know, over the summer we transitioned back and we're fully back open now as a pediatric unit here, a children's unit in Tala and our wards are open and we've reopened our emergency unit as well because we don't know. We know that this winter is by far the busiest time for children. We see um, here in the hospital, in our emergency unit, for every 10 children in the summer, eight of them could be an injury. And, you know, two of them could be an illness. And then in the winter, that changes. Eight of them are illnesses like viruses, and we see fewer injuries. So we have more children that need to come into hospital, and we need more single rooms. So we're getting ready for winter, but we don't know what it looks like. You know, on one level, it could be a little easier for children. We're looking at countries that have had their winter already. So Australia uh, would be one of them and New Zealand. And for some of those countries, it was a little easier from an RSV point of view because people were isolating and not, you know, not mixing as much. Uh, So it seemed a little easier for them, but we don't know if that's going to translate up to ourselves yet.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned there just about the the, ser- the paediatric services temporarily shutting down, now they're, they're back open again. Just to give people a reminder, what services are available at CHI Tala?
1: Okay, so CHI Tala is uh, a children's unit and it will be one of the children's units that will be here forever. So even when the main hospital is built, there will always be a children's unit here in Tala and we're building a new building that we'll move into next year. But for the moment, we have an emergency care unit, which is open 24 hours a day. And we see all medical emergencies and children with injuries who walk in. For some ambulances with, say, major car crash or something, we we don't see those children now. So they will be transferred to Crumlin or Temple Street. But we see 98% of all sick children here now in Tallaght. We have our inpatient wards that see babies, that we can keep babies and children up to 16. And then we have a paediatric theatre and day case ward here. So we would have children in five days a week for day case theatre. So they and we keep children like we do tonsillectomies and different theatres here as well.
0: Great. I just had to say, Dr. Ciaramarin, it has been a pleasure to have a chat with you. And thanks so much for coming on Local Voices.
1: No problem. Anytime.
0: Don't forget, this interview was part of a bigger episode of Local Voices. To listen to the full thing, visit echo.ie forward slash podcasts or type in Local Voices into your streaming platform of choice.